I'm going to bleep that bit. Say it again. So, as the sting fades, here we are on another podcast in Media City. Can you believe it? Podcast number eight. No, I'm as surprised as you. 2013. In the future. 2013. So, my name is Pete. I am just under six foot, slightly overweight, and I'm joined with my friend Gav. Hello, Gav. I can't believe you established that as the criteria for introductions. What was your first car, Gav? Uh, Austin Allegro. I'm oh, Gav. Lovely. I am six foot one, grossly overweight, 41 years old. Embarrassing. I'm ashamed of all of those facts. They won't be tall. Anyway, so this is a podcast about stuff we find funny. We are not comedians. We are not here to sell anything. We are just two nerds with an honest, well-to-do attitude and too much spare time. Do you know what I love, Pete Jones? Um, walks along the beach? Idiots. Go on. I love idiots. Funny looking celebrates the idiot. I think that's a bit unfair on our stellar interviews. No, 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 no. No, all of all of these clowns, these idiots, these fools. These are classical words, Pete. Not some twenty-first century interpretation thrown out by by children. We're talking proper idiocy, the tomfoolery, the majestic. Look back, look back over all the podcasts we've done. The amazing people we have talked to, we have seen, we have celebrated and loved, every single one of them, an idiot. <laughs> it's a powerful statement. Well, yeah, but, but that was their intention. We don't, we're not chasing the cool. We're not chasing those who will stand there and want us to love them. That's what we want. We want to be loved. We celebrate the idiot who will stand there and say, I am your fool. I am ridiculous. I will make you laugh. So coming up is the usual mix of funny looking genius. Who have we got? We spoke to some people. I went to speak to Pappies, who are an amazing sketch troupe, nominated for awards, massive on TV, should be mega famous. And amazingly, they spoke back to you. Amazing. Lovely men. I was slightly in love with all three of them. I went to see and speak to Kate McCabe, a mm-hmm. New York comedian, now based in Manchester. Very funny. There's going to be some good waffle, some good stuff coming up that you can see, some good stuff we have seen, and also some stuff we've watched on uh, children's television. Basically, there's stuff. Is that the summary? Yes, yes. Some stuff coming up. It's been so long, Peter Jones. What have we been doing? Filling our time on behalf of Funny Looking... Do you want me to sort of round up a lot of comedy? Don't do this. I can't believe we've actually got stick. Comedy we've turned, roundup. We've turned a genuine request Woo! of mine. First of all, into don't call it comedy roundup. Then a, jo- then a joke about not calling it comedy roundup. And then an attempt at some shtick, a bit, as comedians call it, about not calling it comedy roundup. I know, so many layers. I'm oh, loving it's like, oh, it's, so have we skipped from being... Um, absolutely rubbish comedy to kind of like rubbish meta comedians now. I, th- I think rubbish. We'll agree on rubbish. Yeah, that's okay. all we need to know. Oh dear. Right then. Okay, so it's been a long time since uh, we did uh, the last podcast. We've been all over the place. Uh, where have I been? I went to Excess Malarkey. 
And I saw a comedian that I've wanted to see genuinely for a long time, Will Hodgkinson. Will Hodgkinson uh, as, uh, first came to prominence for me I don't know, it was about seven, eight years ago. Um, at that time, he had a multicolor Mohican, famously did a piece about his uh, genuine uh, interest in collecting My Little Ponies, um, a very strong accent from his part of the country and uh, a punky kind of approach and it, it just really intrigued me and I saw him a couple of times on TV and I now uh, I follow him on Facebook one of the great comedians who uses Facebook he rants he rages talks a lot about darts beer and erotica oh, I really like darts beer and erotica darts um, is my favourite and, and he, he was there he was headline at Excess Malarkey down in Platfields and he is a storyteller this is a guy who speaks twice as fast as any other human being. Faster than you are doing right now. Faster than I'm doing right now. And he fills it with, with stories and tales and reflections. It's not about the gag, it's about the telling of a tale. And he is an absolute master. And um, I, I, I bought his DVD. I haven't even watched that yet. I'm going to save that because Will Hodgkinson, I would love to get on this podcast. If you're listening, Will. What are you doing with your God, life? It was just a fantastic, fantastic piece. Well, it's interesting you mentioned... Wow, interesting. It's interesting you mentioned Excess Malarkey, Gav, because uh, they've moved house. Yes. They used to be at a cold chapel. First of all, what's Excess Malarkey? It's a comedy night in Manchester, guys. Keep up. Listen Famously. To Pretty good. <laughs> Always good stuff. <laughs> Famously, it's a Tuesday night. It's been around for ten years. Uh, regular host, Toby Haydoke. Uh, who's doing a, an interesting podcast at the minute? I've not caught up with it. It's all he's. I think he's working his way through the whole of Doctor Who and interviewing this one person who's involved in it. All yeah, years, a fiftieth year of Doctor Who. He's a big Doctor Who fan. Your understanding of what's interesting in mine is going to be very interesting <laughs> on this podcast today. But also, famously, it is a night that people will travel to to try out new material. Big, we get some fantastic comedians come through this night in Manchester for about three quid, if you remember. It was a five when I went, because I'm not a member, Gav. But oh, they had headlining, it was a joint headliner, it was Rob Deering. Yes. And uh, the boy with tape on his face. Oi. And when I told my friends Oi. that the headliners was a musical act and a mime, yes. his face dropped. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, he had to apologise, because <laughs> the schmucks in the middle, just doing your regular stand-up, weren't as enjoyable. Oh, Peter Jones. Tell us, tell us about the bits that you loved. Um, the tape paper is unbelievable. Like, he's on tour soon, and if you've not seen it, or you've not seen it on the Royal Variety Show, I can't begin to explain how good it is. Why I'm on a podcast, I don't know. But please just go and see it because it's intelligent, it's smart, it's funny. The audio, the soundtrack's amazing. He doesn't talk. I should say that. Yeah. He doesn't talk. Which was the big thing about Edinburgh this year, wasn't it? Because the winner of that was was, was Dr. Brown, who was mm. a mime act. Mm. And the big noise, ironically, no pun nice. intended. Nice. Aye, aye. Yeah, it's all scripted. Give us a real show um, somewhere where this good. <laughs> was Take Face Boy. Um... I was meant to see that, and I couldn't get there. I'm very jealous. Do you think he was... Was he trying out new stuff, or was it a... Um, from what I've seen on YouTube, it wasn't new stuff. It was just your tried and tested. Okay. But I, I can't believe that someone has come up with so many ways to do comedy without talking, and it's still all amazing. And is this thing to get people out of the audience? Oh, yeah, yeah. He bullies. And were you picked? No, because I, I, I got there fashionably late. None of the ugly people were picked. So, Right, you can talk now. I'm not interested in this. What do you want to say? Um, I tell you what, I caught up with over Christmas on 4OD 
which, and I've said this before, you got to stop me, I'm going to go on a rant. The amount of adverts on 4OD. Shh. Eight adverts. Don't you in this. Eight adverts. Shh. Gav, and then halfway Gav, Gav, through, Gav, we've got Gav. to watch four more. If they offered us adverts for oh. this, if they offered us adverts for this, we'd take all the money in the world. If anybody would like an advert included on the next episode of Funny Looking, or even eight, please do ask. Cardinal Burns. You heard it? No, no interest is. Cardinal Burns. <laughs> uh, you should be. The uh, two guys, Steve Cardinal and Burns. <laughs> Montgomery <don't>, Burns. <laughs> <laughs> loads of fantastic characters, actually. And one, one of my favourite characters they do is Banksy. And I'll say no more than, than the rendition of Banksy is exactly how I and you imagine Banksy to be. <laughs> Cardinal Burns, I watched them all kind of back to back, drinking too much and, and eating too much. Not because it's Christmas, because I do anyway. Yeah, you've got to live your uniform to uh, and, I, and, I, and I hope I hope they, they get a second series I also Christmas caught up on my plus box all this time with Live at the Electric any good? absolutely fantastic sketch comedy uh, character comedy held together by um, Russell Kane who ah. yeah really very funny and very warm what do people think about Russell Kane? I hope they love him because I do I think he's quite good he's very funny very very clever and great presence but I tell you who was stand out for me on that uh, two portions of mash. Joe Wilkinson was mm. part of that. Nick Helm. Helm. Nick Helm did a song ever. And apparently there's a second series of uh, Lively Electric coming up. And that, that was really good. I know that there was a, a call went out to go to some recordings. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so we've seen some stuff. There's good stuff coming up. Yeah. I really think you should go see Daniel Simonson when yes. he goes on tour. He supported Simon Amstel on his Numb tour. Numb was on TV. That was very good. You should was. have seen that. We've both seen that. Um, Daniel Simonson, he's a Norwegian comedy, comedian. 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 He does comedy. Yes. And he's from Norway. Very um, erudite there. Thanks, man. It's been a while. Yeah. But um, we talked about him before. Listen to that yeah. past podcast. Go. You'll go. Tony Law, who Ooh, I still have a man yeah. crush on is taking uh, his show on tour. We're based in Manchester for work. Uh, that's coming to the Lowry. It's so popular, a second show has been added. Going to go and see that. I actually listened to some Tony Law today, a podcast called uh, Buck Phosphorus, Space Botherer. Two episodes, only two episodes. I, mean, I, think, I think they recorded it qu- quite some time ago, uh, over a year ago, so maybe not going to do any more. Written by John Luke Roberts and starring Nadia Kamal, Izzy Sooty, Tom Tuck. Just a, that 1930s, 40s, uh, 50s radio uh, space play drama. Just very, very silly. But, yeah, very excited that uh, he's on tour. Uh, we've got some things coming out. i tell you what we, we've been talking about this week, and this is a big, big kind of heads-up. May, Machuntleth Comedy Festival. Yes. Where is that again? Machuntleth. And where is that? Machuntleth. Go on. Gwyneth. Uh, Machuntleth in north-west Wales. Beautiful part of the world. A beautiful uh, comedy festival that we're going to go and crash in and see as much as we can. Yeah, the lineup last year was absurd. Was you could amazing. see Stuart Lee do comedy to about 50 people. And already they have announced uh, Herring, Pappies, Josh Widdicombe, and oh, the other guy, Mark. David O'Doherty. Yes. Thanks for saying the F word there. Ah. 
we were just talking about the swear policy. We're going to discuss that later. But no, we're going to go. And if anybody else is going, we would love to say hello to you. We just long to meet one one. Not listener. interested. Fine, Gav. I am not. In, I, you know, I'm going to go with Gav and my girlfriend. I like them both very much. I don't need any more friends. Come off it. And that was the end of that section, which we don't call Comedy Roundup. <laughs> I'm cutting that bit out. <laughs> Gav, who have you met? Introduce. Okay. Kate McCabe, who, as I said, we've seen a couple of times live. And I, I really wanted to talk to her, um, not because uh, she's American, even though that was interesting, and has a career in America before going over here, and that was interesting, but because she just made me laugh. Really, really fantastic energy. I think you're going to hear I'm quite gushing at the beginning. Oh, no, it's not one of these interviews, is it? Yeah, yeah, it comes oh. across. But that's because I'm a fanboy, aren't I? Here's someone mm. who's just standing up there. And when I saw it, it was quite a small gig. And she just went bang and did what she would do in a big gig, in a big venue, just to a few of us. And it was absolutely magical. And I, I loved that, that that kind of energy and that gusto. Now, what's fantastic about this is she goes into the heart of her comedy and the politics of her comedy and how that comedy links to who she is. I'm definitely, definitely going to push out the bonus full version of this mm-hmm. chat. There's a half an hour. And again, I think if you are interested in being a stand-up, just listen to uh, the, the, how she talks about her process. But here's, here's a, an extra to that, and it was just a lovely, lovely chat to fantastic Kate McCabe. Funny Looking Podcast is always about us talking to and about the things we enjoy and I'm really pleased because I've seen Kate, Kate McCabe here perform a couple of times and she made me laugh. Oh, that's good. That's a prerequisite though, isn't it, for it comedy? Is. And that's something that you want to hear afterwards is that people people laughed. Definitely, and definitely, and... and um, I think I said at the time, you just had a fantastic energy uh, and really enjoyed uh, your style and approach. Kate McCabe, who the hell are you? Oh, I'm somebody who enjoys compliments, that's for uh, sure, so thank you for that. Which, we, this is going to, buttering you up, and then we're just going to go to the vicious, cruel truths somewhere towards the end. <laughs> Hold up a mirror to myself yeah. <laughs> cry. Kate, are you a foreigner? I am indeed. I am from America. It's always polite to guess Canada. Yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? But it's it's America. Although I grew up very close to the Canadian border. I'm from oh, that's all right. Then. Erie, Pennsylvania, originally. I lived in New York City for about a decade, but I don't. I probably sound more still like I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania, than I do like I'm from New York. Like we had a coffee <laughs> and a hot dog. I don't know if I could. Uh, I'd be able to talk to you. I'd just be making you say random words. <laughs> there wouldn't be an interview. It wouldn't be a conversation. It would just be like a test. Say this. Say that. <laughs> Pronounce your R's. <laughs> but what, what, what the devil are you doing here in Manchester? Because this is where we are today. Okay. Uh, doing what you do. Okay. I landed in Manchester after, well, meeting my partner. I suppose I was. Living in New York City, uh, I had graduated from university already, and I was per- I was pursuing comedy and doing a couple nights a week uh, of stand-up. Um, and my partner came down and saw a-, a comedy night that I was running in New York, and I did my spot and everything. And then afterwards, she sent me a beer. Um, now, we almost didn't meet because 
I drank for free on those nights. <laughs> and the bartender just gave me a beer without yeah. saying, oh, hey, that was from that girl over there. Yeah. So it was only like a half an hour after I received the beer that the bartender goes, oh, my God. This girl over there sent you that beer. That's so supposed for half to be an hour. You were just the rudest, exactly. She was most arrogant. Who uh, does she think she is? Comedian in in New York. My partner was was sat there fuming, obviously yeah. not having met me yet and knowing for real that I'm rude. She yeah, just, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's acceptable levels of rudeness once you get through the first first time, if you a few months, and then the, the truth comes out. But exactly. At this point, I'm supposed to be on my best behavior. Yeah. So of course, once the bartender told me. That, that beer was for me from that girl. I went over and I, and I introduced myself. And then um, I learned that she was from Scotland. Oh. Yeah. Um, and she was a tourist over there. And she sort of couldn't work there. And it was difficult for us to sort of have a relationship over there because she wasn't there on a work visa or anything. So um, after a couple of years of being together, we needed to make a decision. Uh, do we keep trying to get sponsorship in the States or... Do we come over to the UK where it's, it's quite easy, to be honest? Oh, if you can, yeah. If you can, very you'll friendly. take anybody. We're very friendly. You are friendly. For and a country that's terrified of borders and everyone mm. else, we're very, I think we're actually really friendly and open. I think you're hugely civilized. Um, and uh, I tell you what was the, the, the turning point for us was we were debating this. Do we, do we wait for things to get better in America for gay couples or do we shift over to the UK where they'll have us already? Oh, the tolerance and abundance. Indeed. To a legal, only to a certain level and obviously not within the well, framework of the Church of England. But. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Uh, you know, you don't, this one of those things I don't want it to be in any club that would have me. No. Anyway, no. but um, it was, the turning point was when George Bush was elected for his second term. Oh, yes. We'd like to thank you for George Bush. We That's when we upsticked. We were like, yeah. you know what? Nothing good is going to happen for us <laughs> over the next four years. Let's go to your homeland yeah. and make it work over there. So we moved over here uh, at that point. Um, I didn't do comedy for the first few years over here because I had nothing to say. I was deathly afraid of uh, getting up behind a British mind. So how did that feel? How long have you been doing comedy? In New York? In New York, yeah. Gosh, I must have been doing stand-up for about four years in New York uh, before I moved over here. And to be honest, I was I was kind of on an upswing over there. Getting I had a head of steam running yeah, nights. And... I ran a night. I had I had a callback for the Montreal Comedy Festival, which was probably like my biggest news over there was being part of the Just for that's, Laughs. That's the July, which is a huge yeah, festival. Which I thought, this is going to be a great breaking point for me. And it was at that point... It was like the month after I had my callback that we were scheduled to move. <laughs> so I was like, well, it was fun auditioning anyway. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See you later. Um, I'm interested whether in this perception that a stand-up audience might be slightly different. We've got this view mm. over here that a stand-up audience or an audience per se in America is more demonstrative and mm. connected, whereas, you know, perhaps we, are we more cynical and removed and entertain us and dance monkey? Or? Yeah. You know, you know, weirdly, I think that can be... A, even club to club within America or over here in the UK, it's almost more like, how is the night run? How do they kind of treat their punters? How do they train their punters? Are they getting in comics all the time that do very kind of standard crowd-pleasing stuff? Or are they a club that is known for bringing in comics that are more alternative? You can almost train your audience mm -hmm. in a way, I think, to appreciate different, different types of comedy. And that's true of the UK and in the US. But I do think that um, one of the biggest challenges in coming over wasn't necessarily in finding irony or finding sarcasm or whatever, but it was 
the, the fact that I wrote so colloquially right. in New York that I had... You wrote for your audience. Definitely. And it was, you know, hey guys, you've seen that ad on the 6 train, right? Okay. So coming over here, it was sort of like, wow, that's a lot of exposition I would yeah. have to give the audience for yeah. then a very small payoff. Um, and I just had to trash, you know, my hours worth of material that I'd had collected over the you know few years of doing stand-up in New York um, and start writing over here. I think I still write somewhat colloquially. It's a challenge for me this year to start writing stuff I can travel with. Right. <laughs> because now one of my fears is, God, what if I got booked on a, on a gig back home and so is this, a, is this in a sense a lesson learned, a development of you and your approach to your material? Are you a, mm. dif- are you a, are you a different comic, not by virtue of geography, but by the fact that you're however many years older now? Are you a different comic to what you were in New York? Yes and no. I think I'm a different comic in that I've learned lessons over here for sure. I think my experiences in New York... And um, I did a few shows in Los Angeles when I lived out there for a, a short period. Um, were, were not wildly varying in my audience. Um, it was, I hate to use the word alt, I like you. alternative, you know, yeah. like, but in New York City, there's a rich underground kind of club and alternative scene and you could be gigging you know four or five nights a week just kind of doing these alternative stages um but that's a completely different feeling than getting up in one of like the big money clubs and having to entertain people from what you call the bridge and tunnels the who? The, so in new york city people that don't live in manhattan or brooklyn right. or some of the, the cool bridge areas and tunnels they, i get you so i didn't quite yeah. uh, it wasn't quite the yes i understand now i am not the, the, the suburbanites that yeah. come in yeah and they want to have very kind of common points of reference and things like that. Is that similar to here? Because, you know, it's, it, it, there's loads of clubs now mm-hmm. where it's a good Friday night, it's a good Saturday night, it's comedy, it's beer and it's pizza, and it's yeah. four stand-ups and an MC, possibly followed by a disco, that kind of... Is that yeah. scene still... Is that scene universal? Between the, exactly. And those are the sorts of stages that I never really played back in New York. I mean, I got up at Caroline's, which is one of the bigger clubs, a couple of times. But those were... Nights that were more um, tailor-made for, you know, like a couple times was like female comics. And a couple times it was just, I knew the people that were booking it and they liked my stuff and it was an alternative sort of night at a big club. Gender politics comes up in mm. your, your set, doesn't it? Sure, yeah. Is that, is that a big part or is that... Yeah, I mean, I probably... I always acknowledge my sexuality on stage regardless of the crowd because if I don't, I feel it's distracting and it's a disservice to my set if I don't at least acknowledge it. Even if it's just a flippant comment. Sure. Like, you know, the quick little Sarah Palin thing that I do sometimes when I say that, you know, oh, she's going to shoot at me from a helicopter. Yeah. Um, you know, just to acknowledge that, yes, I'm a gay, and now you can stop trying to guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course the gender politics part of the sets that I saw of yours you know, are just funny. Yeah, be funny playing with uh, playing with that idea, but it, um, it does it, it does interest me um, when people come from particular directions, whether that be the influence of who they are, where they're from, and uh, does that define you? Yes, I I think you know without it being sort of all defining, it definitely is um, informative. I think of my comedy writing because I think there's 
there's always going to be aspects of your political life, whether it's about your sexuality or your religion or your social status, that piss you off. And I think a lot of comedy is born out of areas that irk you. And a lot of my comedy, especially when I was back in New York and to a degree over here, was written to basically vent about, you know, gender politics and the politics of sexuality in America to the point where, you know, it's great. Like if I get asked to do a gay show, I've still got 20 minutes of kind of gay oriented material that I can use. But I also was very conscious of the fact over here that I'm not playing very many alternative rooms or very many gay rooms. And I'm just as happy writing 20 minutes about nonsense that is I just find silly or fun or not infuriating <laughs> you know you, you don't just have to write about the stuff that kind of winds you up I suppose you've got a real particular energy it's very high energy a real physical style as well and um, I really I, I really enjoyed that I really enjoyed that <laughs> and, oh, no. but, but what, how much of that um, is your backup because of course we can make things funny. We, I say we. I haven't got the balls to stand up. <laughs> you have, you have. Uh, but um, it can be made funny just by sheer confidence, can't it? Is that sure. your backup? Is that? Well, in theory, you know, it's having confidence and energy on stage is sort of like um, it, it prepares you uh, and it makes your set better because you have confidence and therefore the audience isn't worried about it. I I have I amped up my energy a couple of years ago because almost be, because of the fact that I am a female comic. Um and this sound this is going to sound a bit strange, but I got tired of people in the audience from what I could sense people in the audience being nervous about the fact that almost like being nervous for me do you know what I mean like a yeah. sort of okay is this chick yeah. gonna be funny right. yeah. or not and I kind of found you know what if I put my energy up a little bit and I, I wouldn't call it a character I would just say like I'm just getting my energy up for sure. the stage it boosts my confidence and I think it makes the audience feel more um comfortable yeah. in a sense What's happening then? Where are you going? Um, What's the plan? Gosh, all right, so big things coming up in 2013. I am uh, hoping to make uh, more of a living at comedy, you know, uh, work my way up the comedy ladder. And I am um, doing a charity walk in March along Hadrian's Wall. Oh, yes. Yeah, so there's this big... stroll out. Yeah, it's 77 miles. It's over six nights, I think, in seven days. Does that make sense? And we do um, a comedy show in a pub each night of the walk. Okay. Um, and who are you doing that with? Okay, so the guy that's organizing it is called Nick Banks. And he's got some good names on it. He's got Sully Sullivan. He's got um, Patrick Monaghan doing it. Um, a couple of other big people. People... That I know, excuse me, from Manchester and Liverpool as well, like um, Ruth Coburn is doing it, and God, there's a bunch of names, but I think it's comedywalk.co.uk. Okay, um, we can, we can, and we'll put a link up to that. That would be great, yeah. yeah def definitely in the podcast, behind the podcast, on the website, there will be a link to this. Good, good stuff, and uh, that should be fun. I need So I need to buy a tent for that, okay. because we have to kind of pitch a tent every what day. What month are you doing this? Oh, it's the end of March. You it's need to buy three tents. I know. A small one, a medium, and put them all inside <laughs> each other. and An igloo, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and it's it's and it's all outside. We got to camp outside, and um, God, but that sounds fun. That's, it that's will a, be fun. It'll be a fun and bonkers thing to do. And it's over the Easter break. It's for a good cause, and um, then 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 uh, you know I do a bit of improv with a, a troupe called Comedy Sports. I'm going to go to their annual sort of tournament this year. It's in Buffalo, New York, so that's exciting. Um, so we've got the Comedy Walk coming up. We've got Comedy Sports. I'll shoot up to Edinburgh to, you know, beg and plead for as many spots as I can get when I'm up there, per usual. And other than that, hopefully, another 20 minutes, 30 minutes of new material to, you know, keep developing on stage. How do people get in contact with you, follow you, stalk you, not kind of your home address? Sure, okay. It's, it's, it's somewhere in Manchester. Somewhere. Uh, <laughs> strange ways. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I have a, a blog uh, at www.katemccabe.me, which is a new suffix, I think, for uh, the I internet. I guess there's a few of these odd ones around. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good one, that. It is. And then I'm also on Twitter. I'm at Kate McCabe says. And again, we'll have all those links uh, on the website. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Gav. That was enjoyable. I like podcasting. I like podcasting, too. If only we got good at it, we'd be all right. Long live funny looking. Hey! <laughs> Oh, it's a windy day, Pete. We have just literally left our building. Uh, this is funny looking, being recorded during our working day. This is nice. This it's nice. It's nice they've invited us both on BBC Radio Scotland. That's it? where we, where we're going, Pete. We've we've been into, into, invited on the Comedy Cafe. Yes, uh, Radio Scotland's yes foremost comedy show. Yes. Um, so I've got a lot to say. I'm very excited. Mm. And now that there is a slight problem with that, Pete. Um, we, I was invited on BBC Radio Scotland. Yep. Yeah. And then I saw the email inviting me. Yeah. The, the Comedy Cafe looked very friendly. Uh, and then we got another email this week, didn't we? I, d- I don't really check the emails. You know that. I've yeah. On the password. Yeah. Um, where they asked for it to just be me. Okay. Well, that's that's an odd decision, and as listeners to this podcast will no doubt agree with, a terrible decision. Yes. So let's see how it goes then. Okay, so... uh, Big stag. Here we go. BBC Radio Scotland, Comedy Cafe, live. And as we pause the recording here, that is the walk from our office to the BBC Key House. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Pete, we both have got through BBC security. And the interesting thing is they didn't know about either of us and then they... uh, then, oh yes, the ten past one. So basically, if you want to get into the BBC building, just, just um, yeah, yeah, just, just say a, say a time. <coughs> so Pete, can you give me some advice? I'm going to be talking live to. See, I think my role, nation. My, part, my part role is to stop you waffling so much and stop you being so positive. Yes. So I will uh, make two signs: one yes. saying waffle, and one saying positivity. Right. And then that should hopefully... So more waffle and more positivity. No, 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 no. Slag people off. If you could slag one person off, yes. who would it be? You. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh. Not on the radio. Okay. Um, in the world of comedy? Yeah. Be, uh, I can't, I'm not going to do it because you won't let me. You won't <laughs> broadcast it. <laughs> positivity. Stupid drama teacher. <laughs> what, what, what are we doing in here? <laughs> You're gonna have headphones. You can listen in. Have some headphones. Have some headphones.
Pete, don't. I need you now. This is when I need you. Don't speak though. Don't cough. Don't. We're in this tiny little booth. It's great. The BBC Motion's graphics are over there. Okay, so we'll check in after. Also with us is a gentleman who got into the world of comedy podcasting after a, a unique 40th birthday present from his wife. He joins us from Salford. He's Gav Cross. Hi there, Gav. Hello, Janice. Thanks, Welcome Thanks for having me. Welcome to the two of you. It's lovely to have you both on. Funny looking. It's not a review show, Pete, but I'm going to let you vent. I'm going to get you to review me just then. You did all right, lad, actually. I'm surprised. What I'd say is if you brought that sort of attitude and composure to the real podcasts and not just this folly of a podcast, we might actually go somewhere. But we'll see. We'll see. Oh, what a lovely, what a lovely odd experience <laughs> in the day. So, um, back to work. Yeah, I've got a massive spreadsheet to finish off. You? Um, check Facebook, Twitter, turn my screen so nobody can see what I'm doing and drink coffee. All right. My wife's the boss. You're still, you're still buzzing after that. Oh, of course I am. I'm completely flush with adrenaline. I'm, I was talking to an entire nation. Come on, then. I'll, I'll pull you off in a minute. Come on, then. Thank you. Oh, no, maybe not. Maybe if the... Uh... Okay, the lift is empty. <laughs> Problematically, it's a mirrored lift, but uh, I think it's the only way forward. Thank you, Pete. One of the fantastic things about this podcast is we get to talk to people that we just rate. And that's what you've done, isn't it, Pete? Very much so. I went to have a chat with Pappies, who um, are a sketch troupe, Matthew, Ben and Tom. They've got a BBC Three sitcom coming on soon. There's going to be talk about that in the interview. And they also do two of my favourite podcasts. Aside from funny looking, of course, Gav. You don't listen to this. How can no, you rate no, this? No. It's mainly football podcasts I listen to. Um, Bangers and Mash and Flash Slam Slamdown. So I went to have a chat with them and then I saw their show, the last show ever, which is going to be on in London soon and you should definitely go and see it. It's Soho Theatre. Did, so this chat you took place before you saw the show? No, 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 Gav. Oh, uh, I explained that badly. I went to Chorley Little Theatre yes. Saturday night. Chorley Little Theatre, lovely. Go if you can. I've heard that. Uh, there's a spoons nearby. It's grotty. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I saw the show, and then the next night they did Salford, Lowry, just near where we are now. I interviewed them, and then they were like, do you want some tickets for tonight? I was like, sure I do. And it was just as funny the next Those night. Those guys. Those guys. We are definitely playing this podcast interview with Pappies. So we're sat here with the three gentlemen of Pappies. Hello. 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 Nice. Leaned in there. That was yeah. good of you. Yeah, um, professional. So uh, me and Claire came to see you in Chorley last night. You seemed very appreciative at the end that there was actually people there this time. <laughs> <laughs> so did you enjoy it last night? Yeah, it was yeah, good fun. Fantastic. We're appreciative if anyone shows up, really. It's just because we've been touring. This is our fourth tour. And... Um, Pretty much that's the way we build up an audience, is by playing the same venues over and over again. Yeah. And so, surely it was the second time we played, and the first time we were there, there was probably 25 people. Last night, there was nearly 200. So it's a really, you know, that's a, that's not 
the usual that's a very, Yeah, that's a very, that's a very extreme good. example. It <laughs> doesn't normally happen that way. But it's also because we travel around loads of beautiful little small theatres or art centres or yeah. small comedy clubs, and the people who run them do really love what they do, and they're really passionate, mm-hmm. and they're really... Um, they want to put on good things, and they want people from their town to, to, to see it. And we were leaving yesterday. This is the thing that Tom has talked about quite a lot, but it feels like when you, when you arrive in a town and you do a show for the people of that town and then you leave, it feels like quite a sort of a worthy job. It feels <laughs> like you actually are kind of doing something good. Um, That's my, fa- it's my favourite time of year, I think, touring. Because it just feels, yeah, it does, it feels, you feel more valuable, you feel like you've got a use... Christmas is my favourite time of the year. <laughs> Traditionally. I'm in, uh, well, it's in the, the house watching uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was quite a lot of families there last night. Do you feel like you want to tone it down? You know, there's some, there's some questionable props in this year's show, without any spoilers. Uh, there's always you, questionable you, you props. Just it, you uh, just went with it, didn't you? You just went with it. Yeah, I think um, it's funny, actually. We, uh, we did a kids' festival... Um, as warm-up to do in Edinburgh. We previewed the show at uh, like a music festival designed for children, uh, the Deer Shed Festival. And um, we did the show, and we've got a short sketch that involves the C word. Uh, I don't know. Do you, you know, don't want to swear you on your phone. S- swear like, all you want. I don't know. But like, <laughs> it, it, the punctuation of using the C word is really uh, important to the sketch. And we changed it in uh, the, the children's festival to... Tit. Tit instead and it got exactly the same response with the audience it was such a from the children's audience and it, it, it goes it, to kids that's the rudest word in the yeah, world isn't it, it? You know, it's, it's like they don't know the c word they wouldn't know we what it like, oh we really wish we could keep it as tip because it would, <laughs> it's so not much nicer to do that but the sketch just doesn't work in a comedy environment if it's not the c word um so i mean sometimes i think i think there's uh there's a lot of fun in being naughty. I really enjoy that idea of being naughty. When there's families in the audience, like, rather than... I think it's quite patronising to tone it down. I think, like, they've come to see a comedy gig and I think, you know, whether it's something they should hear or shouldn't hear is, like, that's part of the fun and part of, like, the danger of, uh, of it. And, I, 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 like, I, I think we, we made a decision very early on. I can remember in Edinburgh very distinctly where quite a young child was sat in the front row and we kind of we were nervous about it and then we just stopped being nervous and started being as rude as possible and it was very <laughs> funny yeah in fact it's, it's fair to say we're pretty ruder when there are kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it actually became a lot funnier and, it, and, and they really always makes them a part of it and I think you should just embrace it really yeah. and embrace the naughtiness of it you want them to go home and ask lots of questions yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. You, you want to drive some wedges into some fun <laughs> I literally can remember a gig where we started using rimming just so that they because knew it was a term that they would have to ask by them. using rimming we said we said the word we didn't, <laughs> didn't do a yeah but, but yeah that's uh, like it's quite uh, you know if, I mean, yeah. talking about having a, having a worthy job and then going straight to this, but um, <laughs> it's it's quite nice to think you're the, the first person who taught this kid a certain rude word. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you're yeah. like a sort of like a cool older older brother or creepy uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think probably the last more creepy uncle than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the tour is last tour ever. How many times have you been asked, is this your last tour ever, in the interview so far? Oh, that's a nice ironic coaching of the... Asking the uh, question. The question. <laughs> <laughs> what I've done is I've acted like I'm not asking yeah, them. The deep right. down. Yeah. Deep, deep down you are actually asking. <laughs> um, we're, we're pretty much every interviewee we get asked, is it? And the answer is we don't 
we don't really we don't really know. Hope's two really one. Yeah, but it's it's nice that it's replaced the why is that other person not in Pappy's anymore? Yes, question. that's true. Which you're also <laughs> sure now asking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's one of those titles that um, it, it 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 describes the show brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it doesn't feel like a, a cheat because originally when we were trying to call the show last year over, there were people saying, "Well, if it isn't your last show over, then people are going to feel cheated." But we always intended it to be a show that people would enjoy so much they wouldn't really care about the title the show the came end. first didn't it the title well, came second so, yeah. it was like we knew we knew it'd be a show about remembering and, and a, remembering an important gig mm-hmm. so we toyed a lot with like best show ever and we were remembering the best show we ever did but it just doesn't have the same it's not clinical enough and there's something very clinical about <laughs> saying we're going to remember the last show ever yeah. and it was tonight and immediately then we kind of wanted the show to be a little bit like a who done it where you, the audience know there's a reason why it's the last show and they're waiting to find out. And so like that, the show came first and then we kind of said, well, that's what the show's going to have to be called. And so we knew we were going to be asked the question a lot, but then it's, it's always nice to have a title that yeah. ra- you know, raises interest, I guess. And also gets bums on seats as well, because there were people going, oh my God, you, you guys are splitting <laughs> up, so we better, go and, uh, we better go and see you. And then afterwards they're like, oh... You're not spilling up, are you? Like, no, sorry, but <laughs> tricked you. Thanks for your twelve pounds. <laughs> I, I think the badges you're giving out are a bit of a risk, though. What's that last, last Ben ever, yeah. last Tom ever, last? I just Matthew think, ever. like, you're going to get to the end of the tour, and there's going to be like one badge that you've got loads of them. We do that every year. Well, <laughs> funny you should say that because we're in a, at the end of our current batch upstairs and there are 15 Tom badges, one Ben badge, and two Matthew badges. Oh, it's not like you've counted. So, but, uh, <laughs> no, no, you've counted. Surely, though, there wasn't many. By the time we'd like went out, there was no Matthew badges. There are still some left. I think it's because so my, my head either. looks a bit like the back of. Uh, well, the back of my head looks the same as the back of Ben's head, so people were just confusing the two. But. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we, don't, we try not to view anything we do as a popularity contest, otherwise you'd go insane. <laughs> <laughs> Although Tom got a bit upset by a tweet last night that someone put out. Even the bald one was funny. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a bit You were my favourite. Thank you. Well, hang on. Oh, I just... Come on now. Jeepers. I've got a heart, don't I? <laughs> Even the bald one. I just didn't... I don't understand it, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> because, like... It's kind of baldest, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is kind baldest. of baldest. Like, is it... I've not met a bald person who's funny before. Think about it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Kemp. Not funny. Steve McFadden. <laughs> not funny. Say Duncan Goodhue. Oh, he's kind of funny, isn't he? He's got he? a wit about him. <laughs> Who else was bald? Um, uh, Paul Daniels. What's the name? Not Yuri, not Yuri Geller. What's the name of the, of the guy who was the... Uh, he was in... He's in um, <laughs> Patrick Stewart. No, no, no. Oh, he's Patrick Stewart. In The King and I. Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. Jeepers creepers. Never this met. This is a good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> this is gold. It's true. I'd say, I'd say bull people generally... Al Murray. He's funny. That's true. Very funny. Terry Alderton. Do you, do you, get, a, do you get a lot of stuff uh, as a bull person? How do you find comedy? Just like women. Yeah. <laughs> you like it. If you read an article, an article can bull people be truly funny? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Well, that would... It's just... And it's... it's, 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 it's Every bit as valid as the stupid are women funny arguments. I'd love it if the Guardian started writing articles about that. <laughs> they should do. Every week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's open that domain up again. Come on. Now? No. No. Um, so, from the outside of these losers we're recording a podcast, it seems like a big year for you guys. You've had very good reviews. You've got a BBC Three thing coming up. Does it feel like that internally, or are you just sort of getting on with things as usual? 
Um, we, we, we've never stopped working. We're always working like, towards something, yeah. Yeah. Um, it just feels like we're really... It's nice to be busy, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. I think... Because, uh, I mean, like... In fact, we were having a conversation yesterday because uh, we were talking about, like, when never feeling like you've made it or, like, what is it? what it means to be successful. And it's like... I don't think, like, we, we said it's funny because sometimes new sketch groups come up to us and say, like, well, you guys have made it, can we talk to you about it? And it's like, we've never thought we've made it. <laughs> like, you ne- and, like, and it's that thing of, I don't think you ever feel like you've made it to a certain degree. So even now, like, with the, 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 the BC3 thing means we're going to be, you know, writing for a telly show, but it doesn't mean, it just means more work in, in a really good way, you know. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's all the same uncertainty. Like, we um, we started doing uh, we started doing podcasting about t- a year and a half ago. We didn't know if that was going to be a success, and so we started putting a lot of energy into that and making sure that was good. And then we started writing another Edinburgh show, which was this one. We didn't know if that was going to be any good, so we put a lot of energy into that. And we feel the same way. You Sort of everything you go into, rather than going, we've done it, it's always like... <laughs> We've got to do We've it. We've got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think and that's I, always the attitude we have. I think also in terms of motives, I think motives for starting a thing are important because we didn't start this going. This is going to get us somewhere. So I don't think we're ever going to get to a place where we go. We've got to where we mm-hmm. wanted to be. Like we started doing it because we really enjoyed doing it, and it was never going to be a job. It was think, never going to be a career. I think we sort of got to that place in like 2006 when we did our first Edinburgh show. Right, we really wanted to do an Edinburgh. We show. wanted to yeah. do an Edinburgh show, and then we did one, and we realised we could do another one, and it was like. I can still remember clear as day in 2007 our agents came to us and said oh, the people who wanted to be our agents who are now our agents we got off stage in 2007 they came and saw the show they came to see us after the bar and they said what is it well that was great that was great what do you want to do with it and we were like what do you mean and they were like well what do you want to do with it and we were like oh what, what you've just seen you know what you've just seen is what we want sure. to do with it we want to do an Edinburgh show and they were like yeah but Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't think uh, you know. I think our ambition has always been to keep on doing what we love to do, and that's so it's all part of that, really. And so, if it means if a TV series means more people see us on tour, yeah. so we can get another tour in, in like next year or the year after, then that's really nice because it means we can keep on doing what we like sure. to do. So it's it's strange, really, but it's, it, it is exciting. I mean, that's a very long-winded answer. To, uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, in basically, conclusion, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, in conclusion, like what we've been doing. It always feels kind of equally important and unimportant. We, it's important to us because we really love doing it. So whatever we're working on always feels important. But equally, it's such a silly thing to do for a living. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the it's the sort of it's the stupidest job you can have. It really is like the stuff we do and, yeah. we, and the fact we get to, you know this is this is how we make our, our living is it's it's brilliant. Yeah. It's going to be a sitcom. Are you allowed to talk about this? TV yeah, yeah, thing? Of yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a sitcom and not sketches. Is that that's right? right. Yes. It's going to be a sitcom um, based around the three of us playing sort of versions of ourselves, like the versions of ourselves we play on stage. Okay, cool. So I think that to me, uh, who knows nothing? Well, I know something, but um, <laughs> it seems like the dynamic of you three is kind of the most important bit, and the sketches kind of come out of that. So is that where you see the sitcom coming? Sort of the dynamic being the. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we 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 started saying uh, skitcom, but no one uh, no one went with it. <laughs> so actually, the more we write it, the less like a skitcom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, we don't know what a skitcom is. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I looking back on shows, comedy shows that I've loved, especially when I was you know growing up and falling in love with comedy, it was always 
sitcoms. I like much more. Even like I, I remember loving the Upper Hand when I was like eight or nine years old. I loved the Upper Hand. The Upper Hand. I loved <laughs> one for the Grave. Yeah, I loved like, the Grave. But you know, yeah, and then yeah. Bottom was the big one for oh, me. Yeah. And Bottom was huge. The British Empire I used to love oh, Red yeah. Dwarf. I used to love, and it was like yeah, British Empire. They're, they're, they're the shows that are really imprinted on my, you know, like on falling in love with comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to get the chance to write a sitcom. A real dream job, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and I, I think we've always tried to make our live shows about the dynamic between. Because I think sketches are fine, but I think we, what we found was your sketches will be better if they feel like they know the people who are doing them. And I think we've always tried to mm. let the audience get to know us more than see our sketches. Yeah, there's, there's often this thing you get at the end of sketch shows where all the performers come out and take a bow, and you go oh, there's, like, four of you, or there's yeah. three of you, or there's seven <laughs> of you, or whatever. And, you, and you, that's the first time you realise that you've been watching a, a bunch of individuals, because you yeah. just watch them. And some of that's because these people are fantastic performers, and they don't need to let you into who they are as people. Um, but, but sometimes you do watch a sketch show, and I'm sure I'd like this a bit more if I knew... A bit more about Yeah, them. if I knew a bit more about you, about you guys. That's why, you know, that's why stand-up is very accessible, is because it's a very, you know, immediate... Uh, yeah, very immediate dialogue, I think, mm. yeah, yeah. And what we always try to do is come out as ourselves and do a sort of three-man stand-up to start fourth the show. Wall. Lose the fourth wall, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, yeah we, so we lost that quite early. We started, yeah, we started in stand-up gigs, sure. and, well, still do, play more stand-up gigs, really, than uh, sketch nights. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, if you came out and just started doing a sketch in a stand-up gig, you'd be dead in the water within two minutes. We learned that. We learned that a lot. <laughs> yeah. like, well, we learned le- we it and then didn't change what we did. <laughs> I thought they were wrong. We le- <laughs> no, no, we you knew. guys just don't get it. We knew they were right, we just didn't know what else to do. Yeah. So, uh, it, was, it, was never, it was never born out of, we're so brilliant and, you know, we're sailing over their heads. It was like, oh, how do we play these gigs? It was learning yeah. how to play them, not thinking we were better than them. Um, and then... Eventually, we just got better at playing them. It's like it's like it's like anything. Really, the more you do it, hopefully, the better you get. I'm <laughs> loving this background music. Yeah, now. I hope the microphone it. is picking it up. All right. Um, just finally, then you've, you've mentioned the podcasts you do. Mm. Um, have you found that that's done you really well? Because for me, from like someone who was not really going to much comedy, then I started listening to all these things. Starting with like Richard Harris, we're starting football podcasts, obviously. Yeah, sure, of course. Football's better than anything. Yeah. And then, then getting into other things like comedy podcasts, and then from there, you find out all these other people. Is that, have you found that? Have you seen that? Or is it just. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've certainly had people coming up who wouldn't have seen, who hadn't seen us before and never seen us. Certainly on this tour, we've noticed it as well. Like somebody, again, through, through Twitter, which is another great way of get, like, you know, connecting with people, but someone was tweeting, oh, it's nice to put um, faces to the voices, because they had only ever heard the, the podcasts, which is, um, is great. And I think that's another great thing as well, because if they listen to the podcast, they get a good idea, because we don't really do characters on that, they get a really good idea of who we are. Yeah. And so when they come and see us, they're already that little ten minutes at the start where you're telling the audience who you are, they've already done that over yeah. the course of, you know, many hours. So, um, so yeah, it's brilliant. And also, like, we didn't do Edinburgh in 2011. And um, normally Edinburgh, we played to somewhere between sort of 5,000 and 8,000 people. But we're getting way more people than that listening to the podcast. So we're putting out regular podcasts all the way through when we would have been in Edinburgh and still getting the same, uh, more, in fact, hitting more people than we would have done if we'd done an Edinburgh show for an entire month. Um, and, you know, we could do that from 
not 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 travelling anywhere, and yeah. and it, it cost us very little, and it costs the audience nothing, which is brilliant. Um, and we're not burning material, so it means that when they do come and see it, it's not like, oh, I recognise that from Bangers and Mash, or I recognise that from a flat share slam down. It's completely new. It's a completely new show they'll have never seen before, which is a great thing to offer them. Do you think any of the bangers will make it into? We show? tried. We tried a couple. We, we kind of we were like, we've been writing sketches for Bangers and Mash. There's got to be a few in there that'll work, but generally they didn't. They did pretty well, but they did. They're kind of. The thing is with Bangers and Mashes, they're, they're so specific to the chat we're having. They're not really... They're quite often just... They're, they're very strange in any other context. Because you need to know what we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. which isn't normally... And it's not a great way to start a sketch logical. by saying, we're having this conversation about this thing. <laughs> uh, and then we wrote this. They'd be like, all right, just write a bit of sketch next time. <laughs> all I'd say is the 12 Days of Christmas from Flatshot Slamdown... That's your crowning glory, guys. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Just bring that back. Yeah. Um, well, that's the great thing as well, like, because we don't really tape any of our Edinburgh shows. <clears throat> but it's great to have these flat share slam downs to listen back to. It's really, it's nice to have some sort of catalogue of, of what we were doing in that, around that time. Yeah, definitely. And there are more coming out, though. We've recorded a bunch in Edinburgh which haven't come out yet. Um, so there'll be more coming out sometime this month. It's amazing. Thank you very much for your Thank time, you. gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you. Pleasure. 17 minutes perfect yeah, a joy a joy <laughs> with that. indulge us listeners because this funny looking podcast has got slightly out of hand yeah. initially started as a way to spend some time because we had nothing better to do people have started talking to us and not only that people have started to listen so we had two options run away and make the podcast even worse not an option not no. possible no so instead We've decided to grow our output. Yes. And there's lots of exciting developments on the horizon. And Gav's going to share them with you. And I'm going to chip in sarcastically. Gav. That's standard practice. Standard sure. behaviour. Sure, sure. Yeah. I can't believe we're still here and still talking. Actually, we are recording this separately. In the, no, um, podcast 8. I can do that. Podcast 8. But in between 7 and 8, what did we have? Podcast 7.5. 7.5. We did the live podcast. If you haven't listened to that, we did a live podcast on Spreaker.com. Mm. We watched Gittins on 4OD. We immediately went online to talk about it. And the man himself called in. Another scoop for Funny Looking Pod. Absolutely. And we enjoyed that live podcast so much. Nobody else did. And that's what's important about this podcast, that we mm, have been sure. doing some more live podcasts. Yep, yep, yep. Now, um, if this gets out in time, this is going to... Probably not. This is going to come out uh, before the live podcast that we were doing, be doing with good friend of the pod, Mr. Arthur Smith. Good friend of the pod. Good friend of you. I've, I've never met the man. He, he, he used the C word about me in a text message once, but that's about it. Very, very astute. Very well character. deserved. Yeah. So we're going to um, we're going to hopefully develop and grow this as a little side podcast, our live uh, podcast. Find us at Spreaker.com, funny looking podcast, and you will be able to just talk to us live. You can Skype in. Funny looking pod. Skype in, chat, and we are hoping to get some fantastic live guests. And if not, we'll just talk to the beautiful idiots that are the Spreaker community. Lovely stuff. <laughs> not only that, Gav, but we've also, we've done it, 
We've got a website. We've always had a website. Well, funnylooking.co.uk. We learned how to put a new menu on. Yes. And, you know, like it's 2002, we're going to start a little blog on that. Blogs. It's not a blog, P. Jones. Go on. It's the funny-looking blog, The Flog. Nice. Did you like that? No one else will. Hours of meetings to come up with. Our plan there is to put our thoughts in written form, but also get some people that we love, that we rate, that we respect, who uh, are bloggers to share what they have already written and put it onto our, our website uh, and share that with you. And just be that. That could be you, listener. Do you want to write about the things that really make you laugh? Go to our website. Have a look at the vlog. There's a little bit of guidelines there. Get in contact. We will put that on our website. Uh, so the vlog, that's a bit of a development as well. Still going on. No one can stop us. <laughs> Literally, we are still going on. <laughs> that was podcast number eight. Um, do find us uh, on Twitter. At Funny Looking Pod. We uh, can Facebook you up. Don't really go on Facebook much myself, but you might. <laughs> Forward slash Funny Looking Pod. Um, We've got the website. Funnylooking.co.uk. Let me get it in. We're going to have a go at some more live podcasts, and we've got some exciting plans for that. Funny email address. Have we? Funnylookingpod at gmail.com. Get in contact. What do you want to tell us? Get involved. Skype in. Thank you for listening. We love you all. No, no, no. If you're listening to this now, we love you. If you've got this far, what's wrong with you? I love you. Get alive. Bye-bye. Bye.